Wonderful. How are you? All right. God's good. Amen. I've been skiing this week. I've been in Bulgaria. I got about one in the morning last night, which means I'm tired, which means I'm naughty. I'm always naughty when I'm tired. Anybody else like that? Wonderful. Hey, we've got a vision morning this morning. And so I just want to share some stuff with you about our vision, where we're going, stuff that we're doing, how you can get involved in that. Does that sound okay? And, um, well, I just hope you come out of this inspired and encouraged. Have I got, oh, there it is. Nice, big and orange. I like the orange. I think it kind of goes. I got it from B&Q. Something like that. If you've got a Bible, turn to 2 Corinthians. And if you can't see it because of the shadow of your seat, you just have to read it like that, all right? Just hold it up like that. This is when the iPad and the Android phones and the iPhones all, all win, isn't it, really? Wonderful. Well, if you're, a, if you're a guest, it'd be a little bit different this morning. I'm going to share some vision stuff, but there's going to be content in there too, hopefully to inspire everybody. And um, I just think we're on a great part of our journey. And um, we're on this theme, living the dream at the moment. And, uh, you know, life isn't a movie, is it? Now, previous generation, you're going to have to do better than that for me, actually. Let's just pause a moment. Life's not a movie, is it? Oh, I love you guys. Thank you. Um, it's very, very quiet up here, you know. Um, uh, you watch a movie. It's action. It's adventure. Movies have soundtracks. You ever, you know, played one of those tricks of you play a movie, but turn the sound down and suddenly, you know, the dancing looks ridiculous. The emotional moment is, is a third as emotional as it was, you know, I mean, right as in less. Um, life is not a movie. Life is much more gritty. Life's much more real. Life's much more messy. Has no Hollywood endings. In other words, this is it. You might be in a movie theater, but we're not in a movie. We're in real life. And so to live real life, you have to make your own soundtrack. You have to make your own moments that, that get you through, because if not, we will watch life go by on the, I'll say the silver screen. Have I gone old or something? I've been in Bulgaria. Maybe I've just gone back in time. Um, uh, we, we watch life go by, but I want you as your, as your minister, as someone who loves you, I want you to get everything out of life that God has for you. Amen. I want you to not dream the dream. I want you to live the dream. Many people dream. Few actually get what it takes to step through into living it. We want to live our dreams. Amen. I know you've got dreams. You've got dreams as a corporate family. I've got personal dreams. I've got dreams for us together. I, I get that there's enough room for all of our dreams to live together in community and do something incredible for God. Amen. That's what it's all about. It's not just about a church vision, but we're going to talk about church vision today. But there is place for your dream in all of this house. There's space for all of us. Amen. So we're talking about living the dream stronger, closer, wiser. Excuse the hashtags, the non-Twitter followers. I just done that to uh, annoy the non-Twitterers. Um, uh, let's, so let's begin. Let's go to the first slide. And I'm, I'm going to do it like this because I'm a little bit tired and I, I do wonder when I'm tired. So um, I was in a tapas bar in Sofia last night and I started to think about some of this stuff. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. I was in there next to some Russian ancient church eating tapas. I was getting really confused as to what country I was in. And, um, and, uh, 
thinking this through. Vision Sunday today. I want to give you four things. and We're going to do it really quickly. The first one is the right posture. Say posture. posture. The right purpose. Say purpose. purpose. The right perspective. perspective. And the right plan. And I want to share with you where we're going as a church with that. Okay, posture, purpose, perspective, and plan for 2015. Is that okay? Let's go to the first one, the right posture. Next, next slide, just follow me through. You, yeah, that's it. Wonderful. And I've done a little bit of this before with you, just, but let me use it because it's just an illustration, so, uh, so it, it'll be useful. Um, I play golf badly, and uh, you'll have heard this illustration before, many of you in this room. Uh, after playing and hacking around a golf course really badly, I'm sounding very middle class all of a sudden, aren't I? Golf and skiing in the same sermon. I don't care. Come on, let's go skiing, all of us. Um, so uh, my dad and I would hack around a golf course really badly. Then one, I don't know, Christmas or Father's Day or birthday or something, I bought my dad some, some golfing lessons. And uh, I went along for the ride sort of thing. And this one instructor was giving us tips. And when he got round to me, he said, OK, you know, kind of stand, get your position right, club where it is, supposed to be, all that kind of, and then just take a swing at it. I'll watch you and see how good you are and then take you from there. So, you know, I swung and hit it. I was just glad that I hit it. And I was just glad that it went straight. And the golf ball flew onto the, onto the whatever it's called. And... Um, so I'm really good at golf. Not, <laughs> I got my stick and I hit it, you know. Uh, <laughs> and it flew onto the, onto the driving range. That's where we were. And, and he said, yeah, okay, that's good. But then he kind of grabbed my knee and moved it a bit there and my butt a bit there and a bit more there and get your head up and put your chin up. Well, Dan, I can't remember which it was. And hold slightly different. And he says, now take a swing at it. He made about five minor adjustments. Say minor, minor. adjustments. He made about five minor adjustments to my posture. And I, he said, now hit the ball. And I swung and hit the ball again, and it went twice as far. Minor adjustments to my posture increased my power. Your enemy in the inner conversation in your head would love to tell you it's only major adjustments bring major change. Not true. We're in the kingdom where seeds make big trees, where little keys open big doors, okay? For you to have an incredible life, living the dream with God, there's only small changes that need to happen. Don't let the devil keep you in condemnation thinking, when I become like Wesley and glow in the dark, suddenly everything will be great. It will not be true. There are small adjustments that will suddenly release the pent-up power within you and things begin to happen. Okay, now getting your posture just right, getting our posture right as a church is incredibly important. Okay, now here's something about our posture. And I want you to grasp this uh, and understand it. We as a church are a pioneering church. That's our posture. Say pioneering. pioneering. We're a bit gung-ho. Can you say gung-ho? Gung We're not a quiet community church where the leader is a chaplain who'll come and rub your back and say, there, there, how can I make it better? No, I've got, you know, saliva coming out my skin. Come on, let's take the land, right? We are our best. Not every church is the same. This is who we are, okay? So I'm not saying any, any other type is wrong, but we are a pioneering church. So you may be wondering, I wonder when they'll settle. Well, what's that word? What does that mean? Are you speaking in tongues? What? Listen, we're here to take ground. People will say, oh, we're in transition. And someone said, we're always in transition. And I said, we're always meant to be in transition. 
We'll never be out of transition. Why? Listen, it's like technology. Have you noticed technology is always changing? They didn't invent the iPhone, sit back and go, that'll do, give it 10 years. No, a year later, they've pioneered something else and stretching it there. And Okay, it didn't quite work. Backtrack and go in this direction. It's pioneering movement. We are a pioneering gung-ho church. And we will be at our best when we grasp. It's not going to settle. It's not going to sit back. If you want that, there's loads of good churches. And I genuinely mean that in love. There's great churches to have a quiet life in. This isn't it. We're here to take land. We're here to take ground. We're here to see people saved. We're here to go into villages and towns where there's no gospel being preached. Take it there. Stretch ourselves. Growing God. So pioneering is our posture. The word I want to use, just because I'm straight back from a ski holiday, instead of pioneer, I want to use the word this week, adventure. Say adventure. Adventure. Pop up the next slide. Adventure. There he is, Yoda on two planks. That's Zach, he's five, and he was just bombing down the mountains. He's had three lessons this year over in, over in Leeds. So we, we took him on this ski holiday and he's bombing down the mountains so much that me and my brother in full kind of race, racing crouched position couldn't keep up with him. I'll tell you more about that later. But look at that little fella having an adventure. You're meant to be adventuring in God, exploring experimenting, trying, growing, learning, stretching, new, new discovery. Say discovery. Tell tell someone near you, I want to discover something this year. Because you are at your best when you are pioneering and adventuring in God. It's who we are. We're not going to sit still at Cine World, just like we didn't sit still at Bridlington Avenue. We're not going to sit still when we've got a building round about here. Then, you know, just about when we're rolling out the carpet and going in, you know me, don't you? I'll be going, so where's next? Uh, you know, why? Because we've got land to take. We live in a county where a tiny percent of people go to church. We've got work to do. I can't afford to sit back and rub people and tell them that their ingrowing toenail will heal. I need to go reach some people. I need to plunder hell and fill heaven. Amen. We've got stuff to do to reach people. So how do we do that best posture? Pioneer. Adventure. Keep stretching. All right. There's something happens when we stop pioneering and stop adventuring. Let me give you a few examples of the opposite to adventuring in God. Listen, when you stop adventuring, all your hurts hurt more. You with me? All your pains. Now, there's going to be ski illustrations. I'm really sorry. But can I bore you with it for one morning? I promise just one morning and then it'll be out of my system. Is that all right? Just smile at me. So I'm not actually a great skier. I know I look like one and you're presumed, well, you know, the guy's pretty amazing. So he must be, must be, must be, thank you for humoring me. He must be, he must be all right. But, you know, but my brothers are much better skier than me. He skis quite regularly. And uh, as is typical in my family's tradition, you'll understand how I lead a church when you understand my family background. This is how my family learns skiing, okay? When I was a teenager, we would go skiing in Spain and we would just go hire some skis. Lessons, lessons are for wimps. We wouldn't do any of that kind of thing. Uh, We'd just go up a mountain. Now you get four kinds of runs. The easiest is a green, it goes to blue, it moves to red and it goes to black. 
<clears throat> so the Cooper family skiing tradition is this. You mess about on skis for about an hour, somewhere fairly safe, then you go find a black run and see if you could do it. That's pretty well how we do everything in the Cooper family, all right? So just run at it and you'll learn. So I'm bombing down this really steep slope trying to keep up with my brother. By this point, I am not ski fit. I'm not anything fit, to be honest. I play squash about, where's Darren gone? About once every three weeks, if I'm doing good, Darren and I will play squash. But I'm not super fit. Thank God I'm light. That really helped. My thighs are killing me. They're burning. And we're heading down this slope that's way too steep for me. So my posture's not that great. But I'm moving. And suddenly I hit this ice. My legs were really burning anyway. I spin back onto my back, head down the slope on my back. And my skis are scraping on the ground as I slide really quite fast over these moguls. You know, the little humps. All right. So it's, it's one of those things covered in, in little moguls. So I'm just bouncing down it. And then I kind of have this thought, actually, compared to skiing, this feels quite nice. <laughs> So I decided I was getting down the slope quicker this way. I just lifted my legs in the air to stop the scraping and did the rest of the ski slope on my back. It was wonderful. There's something about falling when there's momentum and movement and adventure and fun where your hurts hurt less. I'll be honest with you, right? <clears throat> I'm standing up here by the strength of ibuprofen. Praise Jesus. <laughs> My lips are all chapped, you know, my, my muscles are aching. I've got a massive blister on this foot. I'm, I'm pretty wrecked this morning, but I feel fantastic. Why? It was hurt in the context of adventure. See, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So hurt when we're just sitting, licking, looking, navel gazing, wondering how that hurts. What's the purpose? It suddenly really hurts. Have you noticed? But in the context of adventure, a fall becomes a blip. And the reason why sometimes our hurts hurt so much is because we're not adventuring. Yeah. We're sitting. Yeah. In the words of a couple of lepers sat outside Jericho, why sit here till we die? Let's go do something. Yeah. And you go read that adventure. It was an incredible adventure. Listen, when you adventure, your hurts hurt less. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just a little comment here. Stop looking at me with those eyes that disqualify you from adventuring. Don't have enough money, I'm not enough this, I'm too old, I'm too young. Stop all that. You qualify for an adventure in God. Amen. Amen. And by the end of this morning, I'll share with you ways that you can link in with the adventure that's going on in this church. You need to adventure for your spiritual health. Amen. When you don't adventure, your hurts hurt more. When you don't adventure, you live in a place called fear. Now, by the end of the week, I conquered the really steep slopes with the moguls. Uh, the difference between Tuesday and Friday was incredible. My, my last ski, I'm bombing down and it was like Ski Sunday. You could have filmed me, just played a great backing track to it and you would have thought, that's my pastor. Dude, I go to the coolest church in town. We live in the flattest place in England, don't we? Why can't we have any ski slopes here? I'm bombing out. Why? I'd learned to overcome my fears. Skiing is majorly in the mind. Why? Because most of it's pretty terrifying. It's ice, it's snow, and it's steep slopes. Listen, life is pretty terrifying. It's people, it's responsibility, it's sickness, it's overcoming, it's can we, should we, can we afford to? I don't care what life you're in. Have you noticed? It's pretty scary stuff. I mean, I lead a church. I take on pretty good challenges. I like to have fun in life. But just having a kid was the most terrifying thing I ever did. So mums, I know, it's, everything in life is a stretch when you really get going. You think it's wonderful when you're 15 and you're doing nothing. 
Wait till you're 25 and 35 and responsibility all piles on. Listen, if you back up because of fear, you'll plateau in life in your mid-30s. You'll never have an adventure again. Remember going to a zoo once and the the caged up tigers, they, they just lost it in their minds, pacing up back and forward. The lions just pacing up and back and forth. And you could see there was a body there, but there was no life in the eyes. They'd lost it in here. Why? They weren't able to adventure. They'd been caged by someone else. But we cage ourselves. The adventure of God is open to everyone. I invite you on it this morning. Amen. Don't plateau too early in life. Stretch. Don't limit yourself. Don't, don't, don't get to your mid-30s and go, I now know me. This is my level. No, keep stretching. My great uncle was Sir Francis Chichester. He's a, he was a famous explorer in his days, the Bear Grylls of his day. In his 60s, having done all, he started off flying. He flew down to Australia, then tried to fly beyond that, had a massive crash that terrified the life out of him. So he thought, I'll stick closer to the ground, I'll do sailing instead. Here's an important life lesson. If you're determined to adventure, you're allowed to change what you do. Just keep adventuring. Great people do that. They don't give up because one thing failed. They go to the next thing. Why? Because an adventuring, pioneering spirit is within. Okay, don't get stuck on what building we're in or what building we're not or whether we go there or did that bit work. We just keep going. Bits work, bits don't. That's all over the book of Acts, but you keep going. You don't sit down and go, I've suddenly been hurt by failure. I won't do any more. No, keep going. Get fire in your belly. Get fire in your eyes. In his 60s, say his 60s. In his 60s, he circumnavigated the world in a boat, got knighted for it. In his 60s, don't tell me you're too old for adventure. He was dying of leukemia and he still set out on another adventure. About two adventures later, get now into his late 60s, he's setting out and three weeks into the trip realized, I'm just too sick to be sailing anymore. Listen, that's the way to go. Saying, well, maybe I've got one more adventure in me. Go out in the middle of an adventure. Let an adventure take you out. Not an old people's home. Let an adventure take you out. Come on. There's no such word as the word retirement in the Bible. You can change what you do, but you never retire from your call. You're called to adventure. And seriously, whether that's in Cottingham, Ghoul or Ghana, I don't care where it is, adventure in God. Because adventure's in here. Okay. You, You can have an adventure on Costa Coffee just across the road. Trust me. Or you can have adventure the other side of the world. Get adventure in your spirit. Amen. Keep adventuring. Um, when, we, when we fail to adventure, small things become big. Yeah. Anybody, I, I've given up watching I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here. Anybody with me? It's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. you never watch it in the first place, do you? You're better people than me. <laughs> but look what happens when you pile a load of people together with no purpose other than being there. I'll tell you what happens. They argue over the size of a portion of rice. This is what people without adventure and focus do. They argue over the thing. They, now, if they, when they look back, they come out of the jungle, they look back, they go, I can't believe we were arguing over that. But what, when you're in that situation, what was actually so small seems so big. Listen, when you're a little Christian in little Christian world, going to little church services, little things seem so big. The steward didn't smile at me. They moved the venue to a cinema. They changed the time. They changed the name. Think of other small things like that. (laughs) While there are people around the world dying for their faith today. 
It's like, I'm a Christian, get me out of here. Instead of adventure, go take a mountain or two and you realize the blister on your foot doesn't matter. I'm after the mountain. The headache doesn't matter. The smile, who cares what people think of you? Half the world spends its time wondering what other people think of them all the time. Christians full of vanity. Here's a revelation. Most people aren't thinking of you at all. Thankfully, God is. <laughs> and he's saying, <laughs> so you're all right, don't worry. <laughs> he's saying adventure. Come on. I, I, I look you in the eyes, God would say, just like he did his own disciples. And he'd say, go. When will you get it? Go. Yeah. Go. Yeah. Go. Yeah. Go. Yeah. They didn't get it. He said, go. Sat around in Jerusalem. Power of the Holy Spirit come. The Holy Spirit still would have been echoing, go, go, go. They sat there having a Jewish revival. Can you imagine Jesus up in heaven going, come on, guys, how many times are we going to say it? Go, 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 have an adventure, touch the world. Yeah. They're thinking, build mega church. God's thinking, touch the world. Yeah. So in the end, he uses circumstance to get them to do what he told them to do. He uses persecution to scatter them. If we don't listen, he uses circumstance to make us do what he wants us to do. Yeah. Go! Because sometimes we don't hear it when a preacher preaches it, so he makes it happen by circumstance. Go, adventure into all the world and touch them, amen? When we're, when we're running with God, here's what we need to be, fearless, alive, to gather momentum, to learn, to grow, to be big people. Say big. big. Tell the person next to you, I want to be big. I want to be really big. It's a good message after Christmas, isn't it? Because we're halfway there, most of us, aren't we? <laughs> I want to be really big. We're halfway there. I want to be a big person. I, don't want, I know I'm not healthy when little things hit my panic button and I freak out. I know there's something wrong with you. You need to get on a spiritual mountain. You need to run some race and realize what life is all about. Amen? Spend our life wondering what people think about us. I've said earlier that we want to be stronger, closer, and wiser. Listen, stronger, you could do that by a gym. But I don't know about you, I'd rather do it by adventure. Yeah. Hey, gym's good. In fact, you need the gym to prepare for the adventure. But the best place to get strong is out on an adventure. Burning those spiritual fires and going, wow, I didn't know I could prophesy like that. I never thought I could share the gospel with someone like that. I never thought I could help the poor like that. I never thought I'd lead someone to the Lord on the street. Burn, 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 burn. You go, wow, I'm strong through adventure. I, I want to be closer, but no, Lord, help us not by sitting in circles singing, bind us together, Lord. Kumbaya. Closer by the camaraderie of adventure. That's where true Christian, if you go back to early Christianity, you wouldn't see rows like this. You'd see the camaraderie of adventure. That's where the gospel lives, the camaraderie of adventure. That's the closer we need. So yes, let's sit around and let's, let's enjoy food together, but let's adventure together. Amen. And, and, and we want to be wiser, but again, not through a classroom. There's a kind of wisdom that comes from doing, isn't there? That's different to a classroom learning. Um, oh, we still got him up there. Yoda heading down the ski slopes. Now you see, the first few days he was just bombing around. He had absolutely no fear whatsoever. He was dangerous. Then he, then he had a spectacular fall. Tumble, perfectly safe on a big flat open area. But I was almost, you know, it nearly got to the point. He was so fearless that I almost wanted to shove him over at one point thinking he needs a fall because he thinks. He, put, he skis on the Wii, you see. 
And when we're flying out there, he goes, oh, I can't wait to be in an avalanche. I'm like, Zach, it's not like the wheat. <laughs> well, you just tumble, then shake your hands, and up you get, and down you go again. I can't wait to be in an avalanche, Daddy. That's <laughs> so, Apparently, if you go to schools these days, the kids are running around the track doing this because they think it's how you run faster. <laughs> We've got wheeze at home, you know. So he had this great fall. And I tell you, he learned more from that fall than all the times of me going, for heaven's sake, slow down. Because he's just going, why? Why are you telling me that? You're spoiling my fun. One big fall. I'll stay behind you, Daddy. <laughs> we learn by doing. Because you learn. Whew, oh, that didn't quite go right. I'll do it this way. Because you're learning about your gift too, which you can't learn from the guy in a preach. I can't really tell you how to prophesy. You need to get on the open road and start moving yourself and go, ah, this is how my gift works. And it works like that. And I'm learning love and servanthood and how to be humble with it all. And, and you begin to stretch on the open road yourself. How's prophecy going to grow in you this year? How you grow? We, we learn wisdom by doing, not just by listening. Go to Bible school, really important, but we got to do to learn. How's your prophecy? When's the last time you, Christian, led someone to the Lord? How's your adventure? Or is it theoretical, polite Christianity, singing the songs, listening to the sermons and going home again? Come on, let's get on the open road. Everyone in this room is empowered by God to reach people. Sometimes we just need to figure out how. We can do that together. Amen? amen? Come on, let's hear a hearty amen. Don't get all guilt-ridden on me. I do it on purpose. Why? Because we're here to learn truth. What's the next one? Give us a, a couple of scriptures. 2 Kings 18, 5, 6. I'll just read it to you. Hezekiah put his whole trust in the God of Israel. I love that. There was no king quite like him. Either before or after, he held fast to God, never loosened his grip, and obeyed to the letter everything God had commanded Moses. And God, for his part, held fast to him through all his adventures. Wow, don't you love that? Give me the next one. Just think, you don't, need to, you don't need a thing. You've got it all. All God's gifts are right in front of you as you wait expectantly for our master Jesus to arrive on the scene for the finale. And not only that, but God himself is right alongside to keep you steady and on track until things are all wrapped up by Jesus. God who got you started in this spiritual adventure, shares with us the life of his son and our master Jesus. He will never give up on you. Never forget that. Amen. He's called you to an adventure. Amen. Yep. Now we've got to go fast because I'm running out of time. What's the next slide? We'll do this real quick. So listen, our posture is to adventure. Our purpose is revival. Listen, in 1996, God showed me this nation ablaze with revival. And just listen to this prophecy here. Just pop the next one up. Um, this is a prophecy by Smith Wigglesworth. Smith, it's hard to say without your teeth in. Smith Wigglesworth in 1947. And he said this, listen. He said, during the next few decades, there will be two distinct moves of the Holy Spirit across the church in Great Britain. The first move will affect every church that is open to receive it and will be characterized by the restoration of the baptism and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. That happened in the 50s, 60s, 70s. I worked for some of these guys when I first went into the ministry. Incredible moves of the Spirit in historic churches. Then it says the second move of the Holy Spirit will result in people leaving historic churches and planting new churches. And that happened in Great Britain. So Smith has been right so far with what he prophesied. And there was a great movement of God, the restoration 
restoration movements, the house church movements. Think of characters like Gerald Coates, if you know your, your UK church history. And then at the bottom it said, in the duration of each of these moves, the people who are involved will say, this is a great revival. But the Lord says, no, neither is this the great revival, but both are steps towards it. We're moving towards revival. Next slide. When the new church is on the wane, there'll be evidence in the churches of something that has not been seen before. And listen, the new church phase has been on the wane for a few years now. It says a coming together of those with an emphasis on the word and those with an emphasis on the spirit. Listen, catch something about who we are. We're a spirit emphasis church. We love the power of God. We love healing. We love prophecy. We love the presence of God. I was talking to someone just the other day, talking about the meetings here. He says, you know, there's something about it. It's like a wave that hits you. Another person said, I could feel this sensation in the room. What is it? It's the presence of God. God is alive among us, amen? And we are pursuing him in his presence. So we're one of those churches with an emphasis on the spirit. It says, when the word and the spirit come together, there will be the biggest move of the Holy Spirit that the nation, indeed the world has ever seen. It will mark the beginning of a revival that will eclipse anything that has been witnessed within these shores. Even the Wesleyan and the Welsh revivals, 100,000 got saved in the Welsh revival, a fifth of the nation touched in the Wesleyan revival. It says it's gonna be greater than that. The outpouring of God's spirit will flow over from the United Kingdom to mainland Europe. Should we have a base in Europe? Come on. And from there, we'll begin a missionary move to the ends of the earth. Listen, Smith was correct about the first three stages. And then he begins to talk about this. And I'm in uh, um, places around the country and have been more and more so in the last three years where people of spirit and people of the word are coming together. Listen, revival is still on God's agenda for the United Kingdom. Stuff has been growing wonderfully. We've seen some wonderful, I mean, packed out city halls, seen uh, growth in the area of miracles and the movement of God. Let me tell you, it's just beginning. Let's keep pursuing because I believe East Yorkshire won't be the place with the smallest church attendance in the country. Let's have a revival by the move of God's Holy Spirit to touch people and to fill churches once again. Anybody with me? Now I've got to move on because I'm out of time, but we're a church devoted to revival. Next slide. So the right purpose, inspiring revival. Next slide. So here, the right perspective. Just catch this from what I've been saying this morning. We're pioneering and adventuring. That's when revived church is going to feel great to you. We're pioneering. We're passionate about revival. We're presence orientated. We're spirit filled. And then we have a plan. Next slide. I'll wrap it up here with this one the right plan for 2015. Here's three things that we're going to do this year just to begin to step further and further into the things that God has for us. And just listen up really carefully just for the last few minutes because I want you to grasp what we're doing and I want you to grasp where you can jump on board with it. Number one, we want all of our three campuses to become great at reaching people with the gospel. When people walk in this door, I want people to to be met by amazing, smiley, fun, saved, God-filled people. Anybody? We got any out there? Listen, if you're a steward, you're not just maneuvering people, you're reaching people. The events teams in this room every Sunday, we're here to be a combine harvester and say, hey, we want you to get to know Jesus. We want your experience from the car park right through until you leave to be incredible because we want you to know God loves you. 
we want you to know. So if you're helping in the meeting here, you're part of a combine harvester. Bible language, because they talk about harvest. We're part of reaching people together, whether it's on the platform, whether it's playing music, in the tech team, the events team. Together, we can reach this area. And we're doing the same in all the campuses. In the last five years, we've gone from one congregation in one place to three congregations in three places. And if you go to the bottom, we intend to plant at least one more campus this year. Why? We're pioneering people to reach. And I want you to begin to pray, not just, God, how can I be involved here? I want you to pray, God, are you sending me out to plant another campus? We we need campus leaders. We need worship leaders. We need youth leaders. We need uh, children's leaders. We need tech people. We need people that will say, right, I'm going to go into somewhere new and be part of a team that sees people saved. Do you struggle to witness to people? Anybody? Here's a thought. Build yourself a platform. Then people expect you to speak to them. I'm offering you a platform. I'm saying join a team. You will witness to people every Sunday. And join a mother and toddler team. You'll witness them during the week. Join the, 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 the community money advice. They, they, you create a platform to go suddenly conversations with people that don't yet know Jesus have become easy. Why? Because they're walking up to your platform going, will you speak to me, please? Anybody want to grow in witnessing? Get your thighs burning. Begin to stretch yourself. Get into the adventure. Join a team. Join the Alpha team. Get yourself around places where it's completely natural to talk about God to people who don't yet know God. And guess what? Your witnessing will go through the roof. If you've plateaued and said, well, I'm not one of those witnesser type people. Listen, get on a team where you build a platform and go, wow, suddenly I'm leading people to Jesus. Get on a team. Let's plant campuses. Let's reach this region for Jesus. Amen. You can do it. Don't think you can't. And then in the middle there. So we're really working on developing the campuses to become really good at reaching new people and giving them a God experience together. We don't want it just to be a dry church service, but a God experience together. Amen. And we're going to plant another campus uh, this year. That second point, leadership development. We know that we need to grow stronger as a church in our leadership. Um, And there's various ways that we're doing that. You've got the Bible school, you've got the internship. There'll be developments in connect groups that we'll talk about over the next couple of months. There's going to be some coaching coming along over the next couple of years. We're going to really begin to slowly develop leadership coaching. Stuart's taking a big lead in this to really grow our core strength. Remember, I had a back problem for ages once. And I went to the gym. Well, I prayed, to be honest, first. Got hands laid on it. Chucked a bit of oil and Ribena around. Nothing happened. Then I went to the gym and I sat down with Tristan. Tristan. I said, Tristan, I got a back problem. He says, yes, I know. I said, what's wrong? He said, core strength. You got to work your core strength. You got to get stronger in the deep core of who you are. Listen, Revive Church. Next couple of years, we're going to get stronger. Now, this isn't a hypey headline. What we're out to do is something very deep and very foundational. We're going to get stronger at our core. There's no great hype headlines this morning. We're going to do some basic, really strong development stuff over the next couple of years. Just unfolding it at the moment that will really grow us. Why? We need to be so much stronger and we will be together. Amen. We'll grow stronger together. 
And then just let me end with this one, Mission Opportunity. Coming up this February, we've got a weekend that Chris and Lynn, uh, with my support and a few others, are putting together a weekend where we want to make missions available to everybody in the core of the church. This would be my expectation. If you are a core member of Revive Church, I would expect you to be on mission every year. What do I mean by that? Now, that might be literally getting involved in something over in Goole or Driffield or uh, we're, we're beginning to work with people like Andrew Murray, whose ministry is moving over to this church later this year. And he's going to be taking people out across the world. Jonathan Conrad's going to be taking people across the world, but also very easy, very doable little things in this country where we can stretch and grow. I want everyone in this room to go, wow, I laid hands on someone and they just got healed. I want your eyes to be wide, looking at your own hand. Wow, how did that happen? I want everybody in this room opening deaf ears. I want you to go, wow, it's for all of us. It's true. What he said from the front is true. We can all do it. We just need to get out and get the motor running. In February, we've got this really, really important weekend when we're going to explain to you how you can be trained and go on mission with us, with Andrew Murray, with John Conrath, with other organizations like Lynx, to see and reach people around the world. Sometimes there'll be preachy type missions. Sometimes there'll be social action type missions because I know we all like different things and I want to help you fulfill your dream, not just mine, okay? So we've got this menu of ways that everybody, married, unmarried, single, old, young, can get out, expensive and super cheap, can get out, get out and see the world spiritually and grow in God. If you can, listen, pray seriously about getting involved in the area of mission with this church. I, I love the atmosphere. We had it the other week when we were thinking, oh, one guy's coming back from the Philippines, another one's coming back from Uganda. And then guys are going, are you going to Argentina soon? God, man, come on. Don't wear a Union Jack t-shirt, okay? It's my hint for you. If we get out on mission, don't disqualify yourself. There's something for everyone in this. Let's get growing in God. Let's get the spiritual thighs burning. I want you to realize you can prophesy. You can heal the sick. You can witness to people in your gifting and in your dream if you would venture in God. Amen. Let's stand together. Let's close our eyes. We're just going to pray just for a couple of minutes now at the end here. Just close your eyes in the presence of God just while Heather plays. And just think for a moment. I know most of the counseling situations in this room would be sorted if we just adventure. Not all, but most. If we adventured and realized who we are in Christ and what we can do. I, I look in your eyes and I see the potency of heaven, the strength of God. We're actually sometimes we're just guilty about I don't witness very well. I've not got a very good prayer life. If you adventured, all that will be solved in a moment. And I want to encourage you adventure. Even if it's just as far as Ghoul to come help us or Driffield. Even if it's to an adventure to join the Alpha team or the community money advice team or be part of an events team here. Adventure. Get outside of yourself and you realize you're incredible in God. What about missions around the UK? Some of you in this room, what about missions to foreign lands? It's time to see 
how God does church in other nations. It will transform you. Just think on that for a moment. We're going to plant another campus. We're going to grow in our leadership and our core strength. We're going to get out on mission. We're going to become a great combine harvester. Will you join us? Will you run with us? Don't be caged by your own thoughts. Don't be caged by your bank account. Some of you have plateaued financially, so well, that's my lot. Listen, make this year the year of learning how to release the Jehovah Jireh, your provider. I couldn't afford to go on this holiday I've just had. God said to me, step out and I'll pay for it. So we did, and we got a letter from our bank saying, uh, we didn't quite explain a loan to you properly three years ago, so we're giving you all the interest back. <laughs> God's rich. Listen, let me tell you, God's rich. God's rich. Stretch. He's your provider, not Jared's. Your provider, not Stuart's. Your provider, not Chris's. Your provider, not Darren's. Your provider. You're the prophesier. You're the witnesser. God, I ask that a spirit of adventure would flood us this year as we seek to reach out to new lands and new places and new people. God, may adventure flood us. May we have fun. It's not how many years we live, but it's how we fill the years with life that counts. So God, lead us onwards, we pray, to inspire revival wherever we go. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, God bless you.